The late to the party crew have gathered in a galaxy far, far away to watch the 20 essential episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Join us on our spoiler-filled journey over the next 10 hours of the much-beloved television series. everyone and welcome to our late to the party star wars the clone wars where matt and i are going through the essential 20 episodes as released by disney plus to watch before you watch season seven of the clone wars as we've said previously matt and i have uh, shamefully never seen the clone wars despite being big star wars fans uh yeah and it's a it's been a really fun ride Definitely. I've been having a blast with this. Um, I know we discussed this in the first episode. We were both a little kind of hesitant to get into it just because we're so late to the party and there's so much. Uh, But this list, I feel, has done a very good job of kind of like catching me up on like the characters and kind of like the themes of the show. And I think it continues for these for these next four episodes that we've just watched. I certainly think so. I, I don't think... I think after these four episodes, I've never been more interested in like watching this show in full. Yeah. Um, we started up with two episodes that finished up the, um, the Geonosis, Geonosis kind arc. of yep. arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'll talk about them both separately because they're kind of very separate episodes. Yeah. So we started off with an episode called uh, Legacy of Terror. And that's basically, they're going after, I guess, what was the general? The Paco evil, the Lesser. Paco the Lesser, right? They're going yeah. after him, you know, after he's escaped from the destroyed factory or right. whatever. Um, and we get kind of a look into, could you call it Geonosian politics? Uh, like the Geonosian like, society, like we find out that Paco the Lesser isn't the true leader of Geonosis. There's actually a queen, uh that Geonosian that is the, the true person to call the shots and kind of literally in a sense because she releases kind of like parasites that can control people. Now, I know Obi-Wan said like this was, uh, you know, like I've only heard rumor of the queen, but they are bug people or am I just being bug racist? <laughs> wow, why do you assume all <laughs> bug people need a queen or is that sexist to me? That, it might be sexist to you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, obviously this is something I don't think it's ever been brought up in any of the other uh, Expanded Universe stuff before this. Um, so this was a very neat revelation to kind of see, like, give a bit more to the Geonosians than just kind of like just mooks that weren't kind of were in the movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're really scary here. I, yes. Oh, I was having a, I was watching alongside with my wife and she, you know, she kind of said, like, these guys are scary. Like, Way scarier than they were in the movie, which is kind of funny for again, like the a children's cartoon, right on Cartoon Network, yeah. to have like a f- more definitively scary version of a character than that was in the movies. Um, so that was fascinating. Just what what this episode does to expand the world of Star Wars is neat. It reminded me a lot of like the Alien movies. Like, they had the whole entire, like, the scanner. They were trying to track down Pablo Oh, yeah. Gis, and, like, it was kind of like the motion the scanner in the tunnels. And then they get, like, ambushed by, like, the Geonosians. And then there's, like, the parasites are kind of, like, 
sort of like the face huggers or whatever from from aliens. It, but I agree. It was I don't think I would have been able to handle this as a kid. No. Well, and that's I feel like a <laughs> reoccurring theme is it's very serious. Like at one point one of the guys come down and like snaps one of the clone troopers necks and yeah. I'm like, oh, "Wow, okay." <laughs> I like too that we got a little bit into this is our first episode where I think we've seen a lot of Obi-Wan, really. Yes. Um, you know, he's kind of out for the count in the earlier Geonosis episodes because of his injury. Um, so seeing his interplay with Anakin here and then maybe his, um, I don't know, maybe his more willingness to bend the rules or the lines he's... than we thought. I, like, it's hard to tell if he's joking when like, well, I just want to see how the thing works. And then we've got a, what's her name trapped there. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, is he serious? Or? Trapped. You know, he was like, yeah, I'm not really cool with this. But I was like, yeah, no big deal. I mean, you could really tell he's Qui-Gon student. Oh, it, yeah. It's very much like that's Qui-Gon rubbing off of Obi-Wan, which, which I think is some really fun characterization and really cool uh, bit of connection to, like, episode one and all, like, the other uh, early, uh, earlier, like, prequel expanded universe. So the next episode was Brain Invaders, which, I mean, I enjoyed this episode very much a Invasion of the Body Snatchers yeah. sort of deal because I definitely originally um, assumed we were done with the, you know the Geonosian arc and that this was kind of, you know, we'd be moving on to the next thing. Um, but I really like, um, obviously the whole stylizing of this episode in an invasion of the body snatchers thing. But I also like seeing, um, I don't know, I guess Ahsoka's doubt in mm-hmm. maybe Anakin and maybe her own self as, you know, uh, a Jedi Padawan. It was a neat look into her character, which, you know, we haven't yet seen in these episodes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really liked uh, getting to know more about um, Ahsoka and uh, Barris. I think they, those two make a really cool uh, team up. And uh, I kind of hope we get more of that in these episodes. I, I, I really like their uh, like their friendship dynamic and how like they're kind of like really total opposites, but they work well together. And I think it was really cool how, yeah, how like Ahsoka was kind of doubting at the end um, what whether she made the right decision or not. And I thought it was actually kind of neat that uh, Anakin was it Anakin that like, like spoke to her at the end and kind he of he did just, yeah, yeah yeah the two of them got to speak at the end and he kind of supported her decision. He's like you know the the whole idea was that you know a Jedi's goal is to save lives and you have to do that based on whatever you think is best. That doesn't necessarily mean that making you know the hard choice and killing your friend was the right thing to do, you know and I. And obviously she didn't do that. And I think Anakin was like, you know, obviously, well, she's happy you didn't, (laughs) you know. Um, Although, I don't know. She was a little bit of a stiff. So maybe she'd be like, you should have killed me. (laughs) I mean, who knows? Maybe she'll she'll have resentment for like her not for like Ahsoka not making the tough call. Or maybe they'll have to revisit something similar down the line. So we'll have to see. I also like that they didn't treat the clones in this episode entirely as expendable. Like they only really killed one clone in the entire episode despite the fact that they were fighting them and i think it would have been a really easy really not cop out but just a really easy way to deal with this right it's just like oh we've got all the clones you know they're just clones right Right. but it it kind of supports what we saw in episode five that you know these clones have distinct personalities and and the jedi and the other generals they think of them that way yeah yeah soko's honestly very shocked that like about this whole entire thing happening i know she said, like, like the, actually the clone they actually, I think they killed, 
was like he like she said he was a friend and he she was like very distressed about this and so i mean you could tell that like the the jedi and the clones that we've seen so far they're they're pretty they're they're on good terms and they're kind of get kind of close from being in the war together so for the next episode we have episode 12 season two the mandalore plot i love this episode just i am so on board i don't know if you want to start us off but i i can just not tell you just how much how impressed i am with what they do here i very much enjoyed this and i'm uh I I figured you I was both kind of, I'm kind of like <clears throat> I'm kind of both surprised and not surprised that you do it because obviously I know you like the Mandalorian stuff but I know you mentioned last episode that you weren't too hot in like the pol- political aspects of Star Wars but this I think they nailed it into something that's that has depth to it but they didn't make it boring at all. It's totally true. Like if you had told me like this is a whole politics episode, I'd have been like snooze fast. I, when I actually started and seeing the plot, I immediately thought, "Oh man, I wonder if James is really going to like this or not." <laughs> it was it's all about Obi-Wan and Satine. Yeah. I don't know if they've met each other previously in the show. But I get the feeling that this is the first time we see them together. And kudos to the people who are doing their voices. Kudos to the script writing. I am immediately, I immediately know that they're familiar. I immediately know that there's a history here. I immediately feel what, you know, Anakin feels in the next episode. He's like, is there, is there a thing here? going on? I, they are just so comfortable with each other and so so connected and so on the same wavelength even when she's trying to like intentionally be rude to him it feels forced yeah um you know and i just i loved that they just carry it the entire time i think what they referenced to about like the whole entire backstory i think that was actually part of like i think maybe like a young adult novel series of like young obi-wan and qui-gon i know there was a series that covered that that might have covered that like incidents where like uh, Obi-Wan and Satine first met um and but yeah I definitely love the Obi-Wan and Satine uh dynamic uh it's cool seeing like the Mandalorians are actually like no we're actually pretty peace loving the the warmongering ones they're just they're a terrorist faction so this much. is this is entirely new to me I don't know like my entire experience with Mandalore and with that sort of stuff is you know Boba Fett Jango Fett right which you know they're not really Mandalorians um then you know the Mandalorian right which is now on Disney plus and um our experience with them in Rebels. So Sabine and her relationship with her family and Mandalore and stuff like that. But it's a very different Mandalore, like 30 years later. Like it doesn't feel or look like this, despite the fact that we have some obviously similar threads, you know, the Mandalorian armor and stuff looks the same. We have the, I think the first appearance of the dark saber in this episode. Um, But you know, this place feels entirely different, like politically, um, stylistically, it feels so, it feels very you know peak prequel. Um, yeah. it was not supposed to be a negative thing, but yeah, like when you think of Mandalorians and like other Star Wars uh, stories, you think of like them as like a warrior tribe and like they're very rugged. Uh, but like this, they're very like cultural. They have like almost like a Coruscant like city. Um, so it there's you learn that there's more to them than just the warrior cast. Uh, and it's interesting that like they like uh they consider Django Fett almost kind of like 
a stolen valor of fake that just has the Mandalorian armor and pretending to be a Mandalorian, but like not actually part of the culture. So some very cool uh, world building on on like what Mandalorians are. So here's a here's a deep Star Wars question as we go into the last episode, Voyage of Temptation. Whose side do you fall on? Satine's or where the Jedi are now? It I I felt like and this was really interesting in the next episode, like hearing Obi-Wan and Anakin talk about being keepers of the peace, peace, mm. you know, with, you know, Satine's pacifism, pacifism, pacifism. Mm. Um you know, they just, they don't sound like, you know, like, you you know, monks. Right. I'll be honest. They sound like They sound generals. like almost like war hawks. Yeah. And it was kind of jarring, you know, and in a way that I didn't expect to feel, you know, because obviously I know that the Jedi take a large place in the Clone Wars. And yeah, it just, it just was neat. And now I was like, I don't know. Are they right for staying neutral in this conflict? I mean, like, in hindsight, like, what the viewer knows, obviously the uh, the war has to be fought. It, like, it's much more than, like, what people, like, in-universe might think the Clone Wars are at this point. Um, so, so, like, at, in that kind of sense, I want to say Satine's almost kind of, like, a bit naive in the sense of, like, oh, we'll just remain neutral throughout this whole entire conflict. Like, that's not... I mean, like, I really feel like that can't happen. But, yeah, on the other hand, I feel... Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and uh, kind of just like the Jedi in general um, are very hawkish in this kind of thing and it's a they feel it man yeah the way they act in um, you know in the this episode in in Temptation um, you know in the way that they go looking for the traitor this the second this is the only problem I have with this these two back-to-back episodes is that it's the second, you know, like someone on the inside is a traitor traitor. (laughs) plot in a row. Yeah. Um, This is the only knock I have against them. Um, You know, but yeah, they just feel, they feel like warmongers. Yeah. Um, Just a couple, I think, interesting things that I noticed from the episode. Um, And I can't remember the first one. Hold on one second. Uh well, I'll give you a minute to yeah. think while I say my assorted musing. Yeah. My favorite uh, part of this episode... Oh, and I guess go back. It's going to be all these things. It's all the Anakin stuff, mm. right? So a few episodes back, it was, you know, the Darth Vader music playing yeah. as he's you know, walks in to interrogate that guy, and we know that he's obviously doing something awful. Um, or this time where it's played off for pure comedy, where the the traitor is like, you know, who, which one of you will be a cold blooded killer? And, and then it just, just like, comes up from behind and shanks him. him. That was actually He's one like, of my what? things. He was going to blow up the ship. Yeah. Uh, and but yeah, and then, then also kind of like the, played the Imperial March kind of like leap moth in the background. So like that's a really cool bit of character building. Um, so yeah, it's. It, they're doing. I think the show does a really good job on kind of showing Anakin's gradual past towards falling, or like how he like was able to become the way that he did, uh, instead of just like suddenly becoming evil. Like you can learn like that the war and kind of like his like kind of like his mindset uh, was greatly changed and like warped to becoming like who we 
do become Darth Vader in the end. You just do. It's as a the series so far, even in these few episodes, it's just done a great job of me being of having me feel like you know I I feel Anakin here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not too far off from our thoughts. You know the whole conversation that him and Obi Wan have about attachment. Right. You know, and you can feel it in Obi Wan too. You know, when he's like, you know, they tell you you don't have attachments, but they never tell you about the regret yeah. you have for yeah, that not was having very those. shocking. That was kind of like, oh, Obi-Wan, that's a, that's a bit of, I don't know if you want to want hear like Mace Window hear that or something like that, <laughs> because that's, yeah. Sam Jackson doesn't approve of those attachments. <laughs> but actually, I remember the other thing. I thought another thing that was cool is when Obi-Wan tells a teen, if you told me to leave the Jedi Order, I would have done it in a minute. I'm like, wow. So, like, there really was something there. If only Anakin could have been that smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, next uh, next week, we're going to jump into uh, four episodes, two in season four and two in season five, skipping uh, season three entirely. So, I guess nothing in season three is uh, important, so we'll forget about it. All right. Um, and uh, hopefully, you all have been enjoying this and will continue with us for the next episode of our Late to the Party, The Clone Wars, The Essential Episode. All right. See you next time. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 